this special edition of the Transparent Truth. The coach, Keith Miller, takes you back to his coaching days as a coach with the Compton Tar Babes. Sit back and take a ride. This is the Compton Chronicles, the life and times of Hub City. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening live to the Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm still recording live. I got my main man, Lamar Chapman. Chap, what up? What up? The real is back. You already know. Uh So my guy is back, and we're getting ready to record part two of the the Compton Chronicles. That's what I like to call it. But before we do that, we got to pay our bills. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. And we're back. Uh, so, kind of reviewing where we left off, Lamar. We left off to a point where Anthony Wright had checked in. Demetrius Johnson, our quarterback, checked in. Porter Hill was ran out of Crenshaw. His life threatened. Uh, they were going to kill him over there. The 60s were. <laughs> he checks into Compton High School. He's this big, six foot three, 280 pound, O line, D line type. Uh, and we leave off at the Watts Summer Games, right? That's where we left off. You were dominant. Everybody's thinking, where is this Compton team coming from? They're not supposed to be winning any games in 7-on-7. Seven seven. We do. We make a deep run. We don't win at all, but we make a deep run. And we kind of put people on notice that we might make a little noise this year. So um, kind of moving along. I know, you know, as coaches, and this has been wherever we've been, we've always recruited the middle schools really hard. Uh, we know recruiting is the is the foundation, is the pipeline of great programs. And we would go to middle schools and pass out questionnaires and contact sheets or whatever the case may be. And it was always great because you could find some jewels in Compton Middle Schools. Uh, if anybody knows anything about Compton, the middle schools are loaded with talent. Mm-hmm. They don't act right. They're going to smoke some weed. They're going to harass girls. But they have some athletes and that first year we hit the middle schools we found some Chris Metcalf he was a, a six foot six foot one eighth grader with long arms uh, Justin Brown a big burly bully kind of um, as an eighth grader coming in ninth grade uh, Byron Walker which was Berger's little brother um, destined to be a linebacker, loved the position, great kid. Uh, Curry Williams, very athletic, running back, natural running back, smooth and silky with a burst. So we, you know, not only were we developing the current players on the roster in the weight room, in speed, in agility, 
uh, honing technique every time we got a chance to kind of get on the field. But we were setting a pipeline in the Compton High School, recruiting the middle schools, getting the best players in Compton Unified Middle Schools that we could to come to Compton High School. And uh, those four guys, I'm talking Metcalf, Justin Brown, Walker, and also Curry Williams, we had a foundation uh, of eighth graders who were going to be ninth graders coming in who were going to set the program ablaze uh, in the coming years. I think, I, I think that year too, we got a uh, pulley came in as a transfer. I think he was on, he was a sophomore, so he was basically with that group as well. Marathon. I don't, I don't yeah. think pulley came in as a sophomore. I think he came in as a junior. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, he came in as a junior. So, and we'll get to that. But um, that group of eighth graders came in as ninth graders, and we knew that we had a very good bunch. But uh, fast forward, you know, middle of the summer, <clears throat> we're lifting every day. 20s and 40s every day. <laughs> what do you remember about this 20s and 40s, Mark? I mean, everything, hey, like I said earlier, everything about the weights and study hall, I didn't like. So it's just, you just bring it up to me and just still give me a cringe in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. So, I mean, that's just our, that was just our program. That's how we knew how to do things. We're developing strength, we're developing speed and quickness and change of direction. So, um, you know, the summer's here and the pads are getting ready to come on. You got to spend the first three days in just helmets. We do that. We got a good group of players out there. It's about 35, 40 guys out there. It was a good group. Yeah. I felt good about it. Okay, let's get moving. First day of pads come on. There's about 20 guys. <laughs> <laughs> there's about 20 kids out there. And not only are there 20 kids out there, there are 20 kids and five of them don't have full pads because they don't have physicals. There's actually 15 guys practicing. Um, and we had a schedule. I don't know if you remember this anymore. We had a, a fall camp schedule that was brutal. Essentially, you were there from 8 in the morning for weights and you didn't leave until probably about 8 at night. Yeah. We did not want to give you guys a second to be on your own, a second to leave campus, we wanted our eyes on you every second of the day so that we can, A, be responsible for you, but B, had you in our sights and in our reach every second because we knew <laughs> the type of mischievous things you kids could get into. Um, so, you know, fall camp starts and, you know, Lamar, you were there every day other than when you had to work. Yeah, I know <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, with the, you know, with the magical paperwork, whatever it was or wasn't, you know, I mean, I still, I didn't know what, you know, my future hold at that point. And I remember uh, used to take, take me a lot to work at the practice. I yep. go straight in there, you know, working nights. And then one day you tell me, uh, I, I'm not sure of uh, the court process or whatever, the CIF process was over yet. You was like, man, you got to stop doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember you telling me that, and I think, uh, I'm like, well, let me get this last check. So I think I went like two more times, and after that, I just said, forget it. And I didn't go back, not even knowing about, you know, what the CIF was going to do or not. So, uh, yeah, I, I had to work. I had to start feeling for myself. It was either do that or go back to, you know, what it was before, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade year. You know what I well, mean? Well, so, let's, let's talk a little bit about that because I remember vividly a couple times, um, you, walk, you walked up to me. 
Coach Keith, can you hold this for me? Yeah. It was either I was holding a weapon <laughs> or I was holding a, a load of cash. <laughs> um, I remember you making a phone call in the middle of the night to my brother. Hey, I'm, I got caught up. I need help. Talk a little bit about your background, Lamar. I mean, you know, it's it's the same, like, you know, stories that, you know, the same, you know, same story over and over and over. You know, I grew up in, you know, a poverty-stricken uh, environment. I grew Where, up where'd in, you grow up? I grew up in Park Village. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's not, I mean, it's not really a project, but it's it's, uh, it's something like a project. It's a project? Yeah, you know, it's a project, gated, yeah. gated community, uh, gated low-income community, you know what I mean, uh... Security guards, you had to check in, check out, a lot of crime, uh, notorious and, you know, Compton, like area you don't want to be, you know, caught in or if you don't know nobody, you know, you can't go over there. Yeah. You know, uh, when I, growing up, seeing dead bodies, seeing, you know, of course, guns, drugs, I was just, that was just the way you, you was raised, you know, either you fight or you stay in the house. Yeah. Like one of those type of deals. So, uh. I mean, I was raised. I was raised uh, different than you know your normal kid. Well, not probably not your normal kid growing up in Compton, but yeah, I was raised. You know, I was raised different. So you know, I'm pretty sure like a lot of listeners, you know, couldn't imagine that. But I mean, some of them can, you know. And if you grew up in Compton, then what I'm saying is this, is this normal or other areas, other listeners out there that's listening. So it, it was just one of those type of deals. I had to I had to be safer. I was walking around a lot, and like I said, and um, in the last feed, I, you know, I was a person that was known. You know, what I mean, people knew who I was. Was I didn't know a lot of people that knew me, so it was something like, you know, a celebrity. If that's what you want to say, in Compton, one of you know, one yeah, of those type a hood of hood star. Yeah, you know, what I mean, something like that. You know, what yeah. I mean? And uh, so, you know, I just had to be safe. You know, what I mean, and at that time, it was I was raised around people that was you know getting money, doing these type of deals. Those are idols and idol and idol. And people that I looked up to at the time, you yeah. know what I mean. Besides, you know, looking at sports, so I really never had no father figures, positive father figures around me until you know I got around, you know, you guys and and different coach staff and coach Bryant. You know, he did a lot, you know, before you guys got there for me. You know, yeah. he, first time I got on a plane, coach Bryant helped me do that. You know what I mean? Stuff like that sent me to a camp. Put, we all put some money together, sent yeah. me to a camp at Colorado State before the year before y'all got there. So. uh that was the first person that ever did something like that to me. Y'all got there. Y'all was the first coaches that really cared besides my Pop Warner coaches. You know what I mean? And, and like and like you said, you were only 24. So it was more sort of like a, a father figure slash big brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was that was how that's how my um, my upbringing was. And, you know, single single household, of course, single parent. My mom did what she could. You know, yeah. we had we had a little more than the people we grew up around. Just a little more. Yeah. No, but we all was like kind of same total pole. The Wilmington Arms. Yeah. Tell people people don't understand or believe me when I talk about the Wilmington Arms. Um, security at the gate, mm-hmm. gated bar around the entire deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember going in there multiple times, and. I mean, it was, it was, you talk about it just smelled like crime. Mm-hmm. It smelled like drugs, guns, uh, domestic violence. Mm-hmm. How much did you see growing up in Wilmington Arms? Uh, a lot, man. Like, uh, definitely had to grow up fast in there. You know what I mean? Uh, I had to be, uh, for sure, a protector of my family, you know, being the oldest out of all the boys and, you know, my mom being 
single single mom. Uh, I, I like I said, I seen a lot. You know, uh, security guards. I seen woke up to go to school in the morning, just seen four, five security guards just laid out dead. You know, uh, shot in the head, just shot, just scattered out in the you know walkway. Yeah, and just uh, on the way to school, just on on my way to school, uh, I've seen uh, people get. Chased down, just shot down. I didn't see a lot of, you know, drug trafficking up in there and uh, a lot of drinking, a lot of, you know, abuse, a lot of fighting, a lot of, a lot. You know what I mean? Like I said, it's either, it's either you fight or you stay in the house. Yeah. Period. You know what I mean? And, uh, and that's how me and my brothers was raised. We all, we all were the same. You know what I mean? We had to, we had to fight. You had to get your respect in there. And if you, if you didn't. Gain no respect, and you you'll get ran over, and and that's from top to bottom. So uh, that's how it was, you know. And uh, Park Village, Park Village is kind of the similar, same way. But if you if you if you really can think about it, if, when you guys got there, y'all draw a lot out there. Because I mean, a lot of guys that you named earlier yeah. grew up right there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Was just there, just them them. Them two apartment complexes, sure. and then with the Sandy Co houses, yep. around. You know what I mean, and and uh, it's still like that to this day. It's just uh, once once you guys left, you know things just you know went down. I'm pretty sure we're gonna talk about that later, but uh, I mean it's it's still the same, still the same. I mean, it's a little different now in there. It's a little more turned down. It's a little more uh, nicer, if that's the word to yeah. use. <laughs> But uh, it's it was growing my 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 upbringing was rough, you know yeah. what I mean. But you know I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, yeah. it's some things, of course. I wish I can take back and do difference. And, and if I knew now, I mean, I probably I think I'd be better better off and farther along in life. But uh, that part of my childhood, I wouldn't change. So moving along, moving along in the story. Um, we're at Hell Week, and like I said, <clears throat> you know, we didn't want these guys leaving campus for a lot of reasons. Lamar just mentioned it was a dangerous, dangerous time, um, and the area was dangerous. I mean, if you know anything about Compton High, I mean, it's surrounded by danger, it's surrounded by neighborhoods, by gangs, uh, by drugs, by guns. The whole the entire campus is like it's like a war zone. <laughs> And um, we didn't want any of those guys leaving campus. Number one, we wanted to make sure that they were protected. But number two, we wanted to keep them out of trouble um, and, and make sure that they were doing things right. So uh, that fall camp, we were there from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. It was it was 8 a.m. waits, uh, you know, 930 on the field for practice. You practice from 930 to 12. You eat peanut butter. Remember those peanut butter and jelly yeah, sandwiches? Yeah. We, we saw we fed them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches from 12 to 1. Uh, you know, from twelve to one, we sit down, or twelve to two, maybe sit down, eat, lay down. We would lay down in the basketball gym. Uh, two o'clock came, we would have special teams practice from, you know, two to three thirty. Take another kind of fifteen twenty minute break, and then practice from five to eight o'clock. And that's when everybody was allowed to go home. Uh, there's one time in particular, Lamar. I remember, uh, you know. Our numbers dwindled once those pads got on. Uh, but I remember this one in particular. We had a, a center, Dominique Mayfield. I don't know if you remember Dominique Mayfield. He was our center. And um, he left one of the practices early. My mom says I got to go. 
he was a he was going to be a senior that year, and he was going to take senior pictures, even though he wasn't graduating. I don't know if you remember that. Even though he wasn't graduating, he wanted to go take senior pictures, and we thought that was the weirdest thing as coaches. <laughs> and we made so much fun of him. How you go go take senior pictures, and you're not going to graduate, son? <laughs> Um, it's just in Compton though things like that happened and uh, it was this one instance I remember us being in the basketball gym and we're all just kind of laid out tired from practice and uh, somebody brought some boxing gloves and uh, Donnie Bobo little Donnie Bobo Donnie Bobo's about about the toughest 5 foot 2 kid you've ever seen in your life I mean talk a little bit about Donnie Bobo uh, yeah Donnie uh Donnie is one of those. Uh, I grew up in grew up in uh, part of his came out the Wilmington Arms and uh, he tough for sure. Tough yeah. kid, little kid, but won't turn down nothing from no one. No matter how how big you are, how no doubt. No matter how he he not turned down nothing. You know what I mean? And Donnie, uh, Donnie, one of those kids with the mindset that's that uh, his, he's bigger than what he is in his in his mind. Yeah. You know he he play bigger, he do all that everything bigger. But uh, we had them gloves that day and it was. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was interesting. Yeah, no doubt yeah. about it. So, I mean, Donnie Bobo was literally about five two, five three, but he had that Napoleon complex. He would not turn down a hit on the football field. He was one of the toughest kids that we had. And um, that day in the gym, somebody brought some boxing gloves. I don't know who brought boxing gloves. David Paul. David Paul did. He had hands too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David so Paul had kids love to fight. Um, they love to fight. And so Donnie Bobo gets the gloves and says, "Hey, Coach Keith." Let's fight. <laughs> so, being the man that I am, I'm not going to turn down that neither, Donnie Bobo. So, uh, we got into the middle of the basketball court. And in the middle of the basketball court, he puts on his gloves. I put on my gloves. And um, we fought. And it wasn't a, a mean, vicious fight in terms of, you know, I'm trying to beat the other guy up. But you got to understand, when you're coaching at Compton, you have to earn the respect of the kids. Sometimes you got to earn their respect uh, by saying crazy things. Sometimes you got to do it by doing crazy things. Me and Donnie put those gloves on. And I remember kind of dancing around. He's dancing around. I threw a punch. He slipped it and he hit me. I said, oh, okay. The next time I threw a jab, I followed it with a straight right and I hit Donnie dead in the nose and dropped him on his bottom the team went crazy laughing screaming hooting and hollering Donnie got up he was alright again might have had a busted nose or maybe a busted lip or something but again in Compton you have to earn the respect of your players and I hit Donnie with a straight right hand, dropped him on the floor, and everybody went wild. But that was another sign that, you know, you guys might think you're crazy. But trust me, you don't know what I've been through as a coach and as a teenager. And I'm just as or even more crazy than you are. So earning the respect of my players is very, very important. I think that moment there... Even though it might sound crazy to all you listeners, I guarantee you that that won a couple of hearts in Compton. Um, when you when you're willing to fight, you know most coaches wouldn't even be willing to. But no, I'm not gonna fight you. You're a kid. No, no, Bobo, Bobo, you talking mess? Step up in here and take this medicine. <laughs> so um, it just it was just one of those instances where 
you you know you had a chance to either a earn the respect of your players, show them that you're just like they are, but you just show you choose to make good decisions and you know when you can versus you know turning that fight down, turning that opportunity to to earn their trust and their respect down and make it a longer road for yourself and uh, you know, not all the times that I make great decisions when it came to my players, especially some of the things that I've said to them in the past on a football field, but I always did uh, what I thought was best for them. I always did what I had to do to bring out the best in them, whether it was to be to, to talk about their mama, uh, to talk about them, to talk about whatever I thought I needed to talk about to either A, get them mad or B, um, get them fired up. Whatever I had to do, whatever we had to do as coaching staff, we did it. So um, I do remember that in fall camp. But what I remember more, Lamar, we had kind of our first day of hitting. You were an experienced Pop Warner player. You could hit. That wasn't an issue for me. Um, But, man, after the first day of pads, I remember coming back. There was about nine players on the football field in our stretch group. Do you remember that? Yeah. What did that feel like? Uh, that I I knew I kind of figured that was gonna happen. You know, what I mean, just from you know. Well, why? Well, why? I mean, it's, it's it's just different when uh, I mean, y'all demanded a lot from us. You know what I mean? So uh, of course the I mean, once we got past, you know, we gotta lift weights now. We gotta run now. We gotta work out now. We gotta go to study hall. That was that. But when the pass got on, it's a different thing. It's a different. It's a di- it's a different animal itself, a different beast. So yeah, the stuff that you know, I mean, I, I kind of figured that was gonna happen, but eventually I knew that that y'all, especially you, Harrison, wasn't gonna allow you know people. Y'all was gonna go track people down and yeah. see what was going on. But I knew that, I yeah. knew that because I mean, lifting weights and running is different than when the pass is on. Yeah, no question. I mean, guys showed up the next morning and. My, you know, my, 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 my neck hurts, coach. I got a concussion, coach. And everybody had an excuse or some guys just stayed home. My mom took me to the doctor. I got a headache. My mom took me over here. I'm hurting. Um, and that's just kind of where we were at with it. But, um, man, it was, we had about nine guys in our stretch line and we started off with about 43 days prior and it was a scary situation. And uh, it was it was the morale was down. I'm thinking, how the heck are we going to practice with nine football players? And uh, we had to do something. Something had to change. And, you know, out of nowhere, Coach Jason. He's walking around and we're all walking around. The nine kids were stretching and we st- he starts singing. Amen. 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 Amen, amen. It's a song that goes like that. I don't know if it's old Negro spiritual or is it a is a is it's a church song. I don't know what it is, but he starts singing that. Lamar, do you remember when he started singing that? Uh, yeah, I remember that. Well, so, what? Tell me what happens when once Coach Jason starts singing that. Uh, I think I think that was uh like I said, like I said, Jason got a, a great mind, a brilliant mind. Yeah. So I feel like that that was something that really. Like brought us together and glued us together and, and yeah, a rallying cry. Yeah, and then it was it was catchy. Yeah, it was it was. Uh, everybody knew it because everybody did yeah. the church before. Yeah, and then and then I mean, I mean, we know who we are. We know that we some young black 
males are coming out of Compton and people look at us just at, like like that. So yeah. uh, I feel like the song was fitting. I, I remember he starts singing it and he's about thirty seconds in, maybe a minute in, then everybody's like, everybody join in, and the next thing you know, it's like five, it's like six coaches out there, nine players, and everybody's singing. Hey man, it starts getting louder. Hey man, and louder. Hey man, hey man, hey man, and next thing you know, it became a rallying cry that we would sing before every game as we walked to the field hand in hand, and that was another pivotal moment. Um. For us to, to come together in, in solidarity and in, in, in brotherhood, and uh, while things were shaky and kind of crumbling because we didn't want to hit nobody, uh, we stuck together in those times. And eventually, kids start coming back to practice. We start getting better numbers out. We had to chase some kids down, go to some houses, pull kids out of bed. And that's just what we had to do, and um, man, that was that was that was such a interesting time because uh, you know it could have all fell apart right there. Yeah, and you know you don't go zero thirty just because you don't have any athletes. You got to have a limited amount of athletes, and you got to be soft as hell. And to be quite honest, the Compton team was the softest thing I'd ever seen, other than my little brother's poop. <laughs> um, I re- I just remember being on that field and you know I would coach like a dog, yelling and screaming every second. It felt like I would run around with just shorts on, no shirt, no socks, no shoes, and I would get after my players because we didn't want to hit. Donnie Bobo would hit. He's five two one hundred ten pounds, so it wasn't much, but he would hit. Lamar would hit. Maybe one or two other guys, but everybody else was just scared to death to hit somebody. And I would run around screaming, hit somebody. You remember that, Lamar? Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Wait, wait, run into the guy, would you? And um, what about Harrison? What Harrison used to say? <laughs> he, he used to say things like, oh, so you want to be a whore today, huh? <laughs> So it, uh, I mean, we we didn't want to hit anybody, and uh, as Coach Jason is out there, he's always doing. He wants to run his offense and run his plays against a scout defense. Our scout defense guys would not touch anybody. <laughs> uh, it, it, I mean, it was crazy, and no matter how much I yelled and screamed and kicked, they wouldn't hit anybody. And we had a game coming up against Norwalk High School. We had a game coming up. We still didn't want to hit. We still only had one or two guys that wanted to hit somebody. And we had a game coming up. Coach Jason's running his offense. We're starting to look pretty good offensively as far as running our pitch, running our trap play. Um, But defensively, we still didn't want to hit nobody. Uh, P.J., our linebacker, he would hit somebody every now and again. Lamar, he was a corner. He'd chop you down. But other than that, man, we just did not want to hit very much. So it was very, very difficult. And we went through that fall camp, that hell week. Again, eight hours, excuse me, 12 hours a day from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And we were grinding, going hard, trying to get these guys to hit, 
trying to keep these guys lifting, uh, trying to keep these guys fed with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I mean, that's just how we did. When you think about a guy like Dayton Jones, who's going into a sophomore year, I mean, he was he didn't want to hit anybody. We used to make him go one on one with a guy we nicknamed Tyra Banks. That's how soft Dayton was. He didn't want to hit anybody. I know he probably didn't want to hear me say that on on this national podcast, but it's true. Uh, him, we nicknamed the kid Tyra Banks because he looked like Tyra Banks. He was tall and skinny, like a model, and he was scary. And Dayton was scary. They both wouldn't hit anybody. It was like two girls at a quinceanera doing a waltz or something like that. Um, and we, we were just, they were just, we were a soft team. I'm gonna say we because I coached them. We were a soft team, and so that Linwood, excuse me, that Norwalk game is coming up, and I'm thinking, you know. Hey, we got a couple guys who want to hit. We got to be able to stop somebody. And so that, that that week comes up and it's game day. We get dressed. We're getting ready to walk out to the field and we're we're singing our song. Amen. And everybody's looking at us. I don't know if you remember that, Lamar. Yeah, I remember Amen. it like it was yesterday. Amen. Everybody in the crowd is looking at us. Amen. 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 The other team's looking at us. And we get louder and louder with our song. And you just, you feel something different in the air at Compton that you didn't feel. I didn't feel when I walked there the first time I met with Calvin Bryant to talk about coaching there. I didn't feel, uh, you know, when we started study hall. I didn't feel when we started spring practice or, you know, hell week. It was just something different was in the air. So I remember we're, we're going, we're playing Norwalk and they got this big old fullback. This guy had to be about 270 pounds. He looked like Burger. <clears throat> they get the ball first. They drive right down on our defense. I'm calling it defense. We can't stop anybody. We don't want to hit anybody. This fullback's getting five yards every time he sniffs the ball. They score 7-0 Norwalk. And I remember I'm living on the sideline. And I remember Coach Bryant saying, that's all right. We're okay. And I'm thinking, how are you going to say we're okay? They just ran the ball down our throats. But I, that's what they're kind of used to at Compton. Norwalk kicks off the ball. What happens next, Lamar? Uh, Norwalk kick it off. I mean, I, th- I think when they drove down and scored, we, you guys all together, you know, you went, you went hammer time. Yeah. You went really, you went, you went in on us. Harrison was your uh, sidekick, sidekick uh, slash uh, hype man, <laughs> you know. So, uh, so we went out there. I, I think you like called us out or. Something like that, and it just had me ticked off. You know what I mean? So they uh they kicked the ball to me. You know, high school you can't can't catch in the end zone. Right. So uh the ball was coming. It was a little bit short, but it was gonna go in the end zone. So I was in the end zone, and I jumped out the end zone and caught the ball. Yeah. When I caught the ball, I think um Burger Burger was uh was in front of me, and I see him flip his hips to turn the block, and he like. Cream the dude, just like totally just knocked the dude out. Yeah, I ran straight off burger. I hit the middle of it, ran straight off burger, hit our sideline. Yep, left sideline. Yep, hit our sideline. I think it was like one dude. I gave him a little move, went straight down the sideline. Crowd went nuts, sideline went nuts. Uh, after I scored, I ran to the band, you know, and then all everybody came over. And after that, it's just from that day on, it's just everything was different. Everything was different from that point on. <clears throat> That was definitely the start of something special. Yeah. That play definitely started something special. Now, it wasn't that play solely 
But that was like the culmination of the entire offseason. Yeah. It was a culmination of those guys transferring in. It was a culmination of us coming as coaches, uh, us being in the weight room, us being as everybody being eligible, being in study yeah, hall. Yeah, we, yeah. Um, it was the culmination of everything we had done over the last, you know, six to seven months. Lamar takes the kickoff. We're down seven nothing. He takes the kickoff back for a touchdown. And I think we get a two point conversion. Yeah, we went for it. Swing, yeah. we, were, we was running a swinging gate at the time. Yep. With, uh, was that uh, the the snapper? Uh, I forgot. Yeah, his Jensen. Name. Jensen. Yep, yeah, Jensen. One, one, Man, one, one arm defensive yep. back. Yep. Uh, and we 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 go for two. We get it. We're up eight to seven. Compton ain't been had a lead on nobody since I don't know when. Nope. Um. So we. I mean, we go through that game. We're we're having a tough time stopping that fullback. Uh. But I, mean, I remember in the second half we made a couple adjustments on defense. We used Micah. Up our safety, we put him up in, in the line of scrimmage to try to cause some blocking scheme issues. I don't remember the score of that game, Lamar. I think it was like twenty-one-seven or something like that. Yeah, um, but we won. Yeah, and it was party time in Compton. Mm, yeah, it was. We was one and zero. Yeah, <laughs> after being zero and thirty the year before. <laughs> and I, what, what do you remember about that feeling after that game? And how did that feel? What was it like? To get that monkey off your back, I mean, it was it was a uh, it, it was it was it was a real good feeling, especially like you know my whole neighborhood was there. Yeah, you know they uh, they all was there. You know my grandma and them was there. So and they just wasn't used to that. You know what I mean? So it was it it was great. You know what I mean? It was a great feeling. But low key in the back of my mind, I, I knew I knew we was gonna all put it together just off of you know you guys and the coaching staff, Coach Brian. I just I knew I just had a feeling we, I knew we was gonna put it together to put everything together. I think everything was gonna fall into place. I just I had a feeling for some reason. I'm glad you did because <laughs> I was worried. I was worried as heck, man. Um, so the next week. We got Tehachapi, Tehachapi High School. Mm. For those of you who don't know anything about Tehachapi, that's up past Antelope Valley, past Palmdale. I mean, that's up in the boondocks, man, off the 14 freeway. The only thing I knew about it was the jails out there. Yeah, there is, <laughs> there's a jail out there, no question about it. Um, and they ran a wing tee. We, we ran the double wing. They ran the wing tee. And I remember getting us kind of prepared for that game mm. and, and breaking down that tape and how we're going to stop these guys and so on and so forth. And I remember getting up to Tehachapi. I remember our, our bus broke down. Yeah. Our bus broke down to Tehachapi. Mm-hmm. We ended up getting up there kind of late. Um, and it's kind of a scary situation up there. Uh, Confederate flags. Yeah. Um, some very, very racist folks, white supremacists almost. Yeah. Um, they didn't have very nice things to say to us. And uh, we were playing their their beloved high school in Tehachapi, mm-hmm. and so um, I think Marco showed up this week, though. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, Marco showed yeah, so, up. This, as, as, uh, we ran our double wing on defense. Yeah, on defense, he played well. We we pitched him the ball. I think you caught a deep touchdown pass yeah, yeah. Uh, in that game. I think we started slow, did we? We offensively, defensively, yeah. we played well yeah. though. Forced a couple turnovers. Um, uh, did you intercept one that game, or you might have knocked one up down late or something yeah. like that? Uh, and we end up, we were up twenty one seven. They scored late to make kind of put lipstick on the pig. They made it twenty one fourteen, but we win that game at Tehachapi, and we we 
you know, figuratively, we fight a, a hostile crowd. We fight a, or it really is literally, we fight a hostile crowd, hostile crowd, um, and not just hostile, very racist crowd. Yeah. Um, who, you know, we had to get on the bus quickly afterwards and kind of get the heck out of there before trouble started. And I remember how excited we were. We were two and zero. I mean, I don't know the last time Compton's been two and zero. Probably seventy nine. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um. And what a feeling that was going back home 2-0. I just remember showing up the next Monday. I remember I ran onto the field. You guys were already out there because I was coming from work. And I did like a flip, a head roll on the field. I'm thinking, yeah, baby, we 2-0. We just smashed Hatchby. Now we got Linwood. Yeah. They had a big-time recruit on their team. Yeah. Leland was it? Leland Myers. Leland Myers. Yeah, he was the truth. Yeah, he was a Leland Myers and, on their uh, team. He was a University of Washington commit, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Uh, an athlete type, kind of a, a, a DB, a running back. They had David Bass on defense. He was uh, a yeah, on he, defense. Yeah. Absolutely. He was that was a young David Bass though, but yeah. he was he was a, he was a force. Yeah. Um, so we had Linwood that week, and you know Linwood. Anybody familiar with this area? In Compton, Linwood is very, you know, essentially is pretty close, a couple miles away. And, um, you know, they had some good athletes. Yeah. Uh, we put together a great scheme offensively and defensively. We we go out there and we kind of take it to Linwood. And I think we kind of we kind of worked them pretty good. Yeah. I don't remember the score. It might have been 28-7. I think yeah. that was the score, 28-7. We shut Leland Myers down. Shut him uh, down, shut too. Shut him down. She held him to pretty much nothing. Yeah. Our defense got after him. At that time, we're starting to hit a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We're starting to get comfortable in our skin a little bit, starting to get some swagger about us. And uh, we pop Linwood pretty good. Offense puts up 28. And uh, we're 3-0, and man. At 3-0, and Lamar, LaConfin's 3-0. and What are you thinking at this point in time? I'm, I, at this time, really, like, uh, I think this is the time that everything just started hitting on all cylinders. Offense, we were doing our thing, the running game, passing game. So I'm like, uh, we got a shot. You know what I mean? I was just thinking we got a shot, but I mean, I was looking ahead because you know, uh, that Dominguez and Compton rivalry is just what it is. And then starting to, starting to be talk, you know, around the city. Yeah. So it's starting, that game was approaching. I think that was game five. No, it was game four. Game four, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I think uh the Linwood the Linwood game was when me and Coach Jason started bumping heads a little bit. I think I had got a pitch and uh you know he you know he teased the you know, hit the hole then bounce out. Yeah. I think I had got a pitch and uh um, tried to bounce out too soon. I, I reversed fields. Oh, okay. And you know, he got on me, uh he got on me pretty bad on the sideline about that and I think that's when we started. You know, I I think I said something back to him but I wasn't sure because, you know, at this time I was really just listening to I was buying I bought in already, so everything y'all tell me I was doing. But I think I said something back back to him and you know, of course he wasn't having that and this was the start of our, you know, Beef or love, whatnot, yeah, love hate relationship. So, sure. uh, I remember that. So, um, yeah, so I was, uh, I was, I just feel like we had a shot at Dominguez. I, I think I really felt at that point that we, you know, yeah. we was gonna, you know, beat him or whatnot. So, I mean, just to kind of set the stage, Dominguez is three and zero at this time. Mm-hmm. They had just beat Crenshaw, mm-hmm. um, who had you know Raymond Carter and Brian Price. Uh, they, had they were low. The Crenshaw the team corner, was loaded. They had that corner. Yeah. Uh, they were loaded. Yeah, they were loaded. Uh, but Dominguez was super loaded. I mean, yeah, Jerron Johnson, Sherman Miles, uh, Sherman Miles, Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman, uh, um, Elijah Wesson. They had Marvin Johnson, Marvin Johnson. They, sure. Yeah, they had. They was loaded. They had Hilton Dawson. They had uh, 
Brian Johnson, Bull. Yep. They 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 Marvin were, Johnson. Yeah, they mean, were they were loaded. They were they, they were, were a loaded. loaded group. They were loaded. Um, they had you know multiple NFL players. Yeah. You know, almost ten probably college football players yep, on that team. that team. They were loaded and um, big big Samoan line. Yeah, big Samoan kid who was uh, went to UCLA and played. Yep. So <clears throat> I remember that week in particular, Lamar. They had Demetrius. both the Simmons brothers on that team too, huh? Both yeah, of them. Both, yeah. Both Simmons brothers with yeah. SC. Yeah. They were loaded, man. They was loaded. Yeah. There ain't no doubt about it. I remember that week. Demetrius Johnson kind of. Me and Coach, me and Coach, me and Coach uh, Jason got into it at practice. Me uh, and Coach Jason got into he it kicked me, he, he kicked me off of uh, offense. And me being who I am, I went to scout team defense, went to safety. Went to safety and uh, I think you were pumping it up. I, I'm not sure. You are Harrison was like, well, Lamar, just go to safety and just, you know, shut it down. It's probably but, Harrison. Yeah, Harrison, like yeah. He kicked me off of offense. We had gotten to it over something. I ran the ball wrong or yeah. something. So I uh, went to safety and uh, I think I was talking here like, man, y'all not about to get nothing. I'm about to, you know, shut it down or whatnot. So, you know, he was running at me. And uh, I think the first two plays, I just I was blowing it up. Just I think uh, O'Neal got the ball or somebody. Yeah. PJ got the ball. I think I chopped him or something like that. So uh, he did a quarterback, a quarterback sneak. Sneak. Um, Demetrius cut cut up the hole. Just me and me and Demetrius, and you know Demetrius competitor too. So we went straight head up, and it just was it broke Demetrius collarbone, man. Yeah, Demetrius Hurts collarbone, oh, uh, which wasn't which wasn't a great man, thing for us. Man, man, and so uh, we go into the Dominion's game. We're three and zero. They're three and zero. They're the big dogs. We're the little brothers, and we lose our quarterback the week of the game, and our star running back is having issues with the coach. Yeah, and so uh, <clears throat> I remember you know getting prepared for that. Dominion's had a great team. They ran the double wing just like us, but they had you know twenty <laughs> times as much talent as we yeah. did. <laughs> And um, going into that game, still had a shot though. Yeah. So I remember we didn't warm up on Dominguez's field. We chose to warm because Dominguez they have an intimidation factor. They like to cuss at you and talk crazy to you while you warm up. So we chose to warm up at Compton High School. If anybody doesn't know, Compton to Dominguez is about a mile away. Yeah. And so that was that was a great that was great too. That was that yeah. got that got even more. Yeah. So we showed up. Suspenseful. The game was a seven oh, o'clock man. game. We showed up at six fifty five yep. on the bus, already warmed up and ready to go. And I but I knew we were in trouble for one reason. As I were on the bus, we're getting ready to come off the bus. I'm getting you guys fired up on the bus. Get we hooting and hollering. And as you guys are coming off the bus, and I'm thinking we got a shot. There's this kid walks up to me from our team. He's yelling, hooting, and hollering. It's Dayton Jones. And I'm thinking in my head, son, you ain't finna hit nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we get to the game, man, and uh we, we you know well, we walked we walked through uh they they were still stretching because I guess everybody in the stadium was like wondering where we at. Walked straight through they stretching. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we we, we showed up. Yeah. We showed up. We were ready to play though. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um so I mean the game gets going and um, you know we're we're battling we're fighting we just we're not strong enough yet we're not tough enough yet. Um, I know Lamar, you made a couple great plays defensively, made a couple of really good runs as well. Um, we had kind of a boneheaded quarterback who yeah. screwed up a couple times at the yeah. goal line, which yeah. we didn't push the ball in the end zone, but we ended up getting mopped. Um, I don't remember the score; it was like thirty-one nothing. Dominguez was loaded. 
Um, we didn't have enough forces. We weren't experienced enough. We weren't really on their level yet. But, um, and, you know, it taught us something. It taught us what we, where we wanted to be at. And so uh, we knew we still had work to do, which was fine. Uh, we had to tip our caps to them. You know, Sherman, Johnson and Johnson. I mean, they just, yeah. they were loaded. They beat Polly the next week, I believe, or? Or the week before they beat Polly. Was it? Yeah, the week before, before they played us. They beat okay. Polly. Um, or two weeks before. So they had beat Polly. They had beat Crenshaw. I mean, and they, they went on to win the CIF championship. Yeah, they won out Notre, Notre Dame in yeah. the title game by 30. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was quite a first, you know, that that was what's called our non-league schedule. And we ended up three and one. Our only loss was to Dominguez, but we had set the foundation. We knew on offense we were going to double team people and come off the ball, and on defense we were going to try to run and hit the best we could and be always be in a line and assigned correctly and and make tackles. And uh, the league schedule was coming up, and this was significant because the year prior. Long Beach Milliken beat Compton like 59 to nothing. Long Beach Jordan beat Compton like 65 to nothing. Polly beat Compton 65 to 7. Cabrillo beat Compton 49 to nothing. So this league season was coming up and we were locked in. We were loading up because these kids wanted payback and we wanted payback for them. Even though they didn't beat me by that score, uh, we were loading up, getting ready to go, and uh, we wanted to get after these teams. So we had Jordan coming up, mm-hmm. but before we get to that, we got to bring this baby to a close. But uh, you're not gonna want to miss the next episode. We got Long Beach Jordan, Long Beach Milliken, and it's payback time for embarrassing these kids and embarrassing the city of Compton in 2004. And now it's the 2005 Tar Babes, and it's time to go hard or go home. So I appreciate you for taking a ride with me. Uh, please check in next episodes as we get into our league schedule in 2005 and the drama that comes along with it along with the introduction of a 10 800 meter freshman who is now a sophomore Donald Green you're not going to want to miss this follow us on social media the transparent truth follow me coach Keith underscore MP it's time to bring this baby to a close there's a new sheriff in town and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.